before. Okay, hi. So, this is us. How's it going? Meg and Jill. We're going to be talking about true crime cases that aren't necessarily in the mainstream media, but need attention. So, in this first season, Jill and I are going to be talking about things like the Jeff Davis 8. Um, we're going to be talking about the Skidmore, Missouri murders. Um, and a couple other obscure murders. Also, we will be talking about ourselves. We will be talking about our lives. During this COVID-19 outbreak. Yes. And, and um, what brought us here, what brought us to true crime, what brought us to serial killers. I guess we should probably start with. And, but also, we're going to be having some drinks yeah. while we're doing this. Expect us to be drinking during this. And we just want to make it abundantly clear that we mean the utmost respect for these crimes and the victims and their families, but we want to give it so it's approachable to all human beings. We want to talk to you about true crime, but we want to do it in a light that makes it candid and lighthearted because true crime can get very in-depth very fast and very overpowering. So we want to talk to you guys about, you know, what's going on and what are the updates with the cases, but we want to talk to you about it in a way that doesn't come off as very monotone and, and very scary and there's not going to be like creepy music played behind us quote unquote Aaron Mankey more um <laughs> you know we're just gonna like you know it's gonna be factual it's not gonna be you know there's it's not gonna be dressed up we're just gonna talk about it and we're gonna see how it goes I guess we should probably talk about, you know, what our first introduction <laughs> to true crime was. Like, what was your Shit. first, you know, was it a serial killer that you really were infatuated with? Like, their <clears throat> crimes? Or was it more of a crime spree in general that got you into it? Or, I mean, it's kind of a, such an open-ended disorder because everyone likes true crime at yeah. this point, And everyone watches Discovery ID. Don't um, lie yeah. and say you don't. If, if anyone's ever lived with a parent or whomever... Do you have investigation discovery on your goddamn TV? So you've seen seen something like disappeared, and swamp murders, swamp mur- something, and also like if you were a child growing up, you've seen unsolved mysteries, America's Most Wanted, the ringtone of my phone, <laughs> everything. You know, like you've seen it all. So. That's kind of where, like, where it started for me. It was, you know, um, America's Most Wanted. What's his name? Uh, John. He has quite the backstory on too, though. Cause it's no, like, he does. I, I I'm, went missing. I'm very sorry that I'm not remembering his name right I, now. Because but you, this is the thing. It's called Quarantinis. Quarantinis. Crime and crime. I feel like that was a huge introduction to people, you know, and especially in our time constraint, because Jill and I are both in our late 20s. Oh, holy shit. I hate to say that, but we're both in our late 20s, yeah. and, you know, that was a huge thing in our childhood was America's Most Wanted, his and whether voice, you wanted to watch it. His voice just, like, coming through the TV was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be scared shitless 
for the next fucking week, even though... Is there a creeper hiding in, like, you know, my yeah. backyard? Who knows? And like, his, like, his, you know, his son was taken from a strip mall and then, you know, later found in, like, a creek, like, somewhere, like, maybe nearby. I don't... I think no, we'll they, this in later episodes, but I think it's definitely, like, one of those things. Yeah. Like, he was... I, I didn't know that as a kid, though. Like, as an adult, I definitely know that now. No, as but a kid, like, I knew that. I was like... I, I didn't knew, know that. I, I knew that, like, his son had been taken because, of course... I remember... Someone uh, was like... Somebody, a.k.a. my stepmom, was like, oh, yeah, he took the kid! If you don't behave, he'll take you, too. And I was like, oh, shit. Never okay. mind. Don't want that. Never mind. We're, if, okay, let's I go to JCP outlet. I'm fine. I didn't know about that as, like, a kid, though. And no, I, I definitely did. went into being terrified of it just for the attribute of, like, okay, is this guy going to kidnap me? Is, am I going to get murdered? And yeah. I think that was, like, one of those things for me where I'm already a paranoid person, so it makes it 20 times worse. Yeah, no, just, like, fuck. Do you feel like it got just scarier and scarier for you the more you watch those episodes like unsolved oh, mysteries no, is like that for me it, it like the voice it like the, like the host voice like it's like fucked me up i yeah and that's like i would get to the point where i would watch those episodes and then as an adult when i researched it more and found out the backstory of the host of america's most wanted i got so sad about it and then I, it made me want to go and look into more true crime stuff because yeah, I definitely I felt that the more true crime stuff I looked into, the more I was like, "Am I web sleuth? Am I this?" Web uh, sleuth. But you know, you watch things like "Don't Fuck with Cats" and you watch different documentaries. And you're like, See, I've I never, I've sleuth. never watched "Don't Fuck with Cats." Because, oh God, because of the animal abuse. Because of the well, no, not because of the animal. Abuse. It's you because cats. Jill has two cats in their process. Yeah, I have I have two beautiful little children. And Pippin and, and I'm sorry, then. somebody's phone made a noise and I thought it was mine and I thought it would ended. No, um No, I wanted to watch it one night, but someone that I was seeing at the time said they were too grossed out to watch it because they're vegan so i haven't seen it so maybe one day i think that's like a huge thing with you know when you get into looking into true crime there's a, there's a lot of people that watch true crime documentaries and study serial killers and i think there's a huge huge infatuation with serial killers since you know you oh, have yeah. the glamorization of ted bundy through oh my the god netflix series He's and then you so have the hot. how did he kill well, because the, he's fucking psychotic. Is, he was psychotic. If you ever Girl. read, um, there's a book written by Elizabeth Kendall, who was Ted Bundy's longtime girlfriend, and she talks about how alluring he was as a person, but he was a very shady, sheltered person. So you have a man that's committing these crimes and then going mm-hmm. home to Elizabeth Kendall and her daughter, Molly. Yeah. So... This and thing. being like the father figure, like oh, like we're a family. Evil right? doesn't have a, a face, a, a, doesn't a face have a name. Or a name. It just is. It exists. Yeah. And so you have to deal with what evil might be presented to you as in the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. For you, what serial killer was it that fast started to like you started to get fascinated okay. in serial killers? So in high school, I had a friend who. Was obsessed with serial killers, and I like at that point I was just like more concerned with, with like 
and no not even boy just like (laughs) fucking living just like staying alive and like focusing on like my family and shit but i saw boys what up i saw boys what up i saw girls what up but like (laughs) i saw no labels (laughs) but like one of my friends he like did this entire series in art class about john wayne gacy oh yeah i was like who the fuck is that so you know that would like piqued my interest so i like you know i learned about john wayne gacy and i was like god damn dude like are you like fucking kidding me do you know a fascinating you fucking like do tell so there is a museum that originated in los angeles or as they put it hollywood california called the museum of death (laughs) the owners of the museum of death are were the art reps for John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. So they have the rights to a lot of his paintings. So if you go to the New Orleans location, um, you'll find a lot of his paintings, such as like the Pogo the Clown, stuff like that. And you find, I watched an interview with the owners once where they talked about how just psychotic he was as a human being. And And I was like, okay, so how does this human being sit here and, you know, kill X amount of people while having the time to paint... And some of his artwork, it wasn't bad. Some of it, some of it, some was, of it was just like, oh yeah, it's like, like I put effort into you're this. You're playing but... around, like you goober, like you're like a stay-at-home dad, and you're just like I'm going through into a, acrylic paint. Like you're just gonna drink some cores and like that's paint, that paint some shit. But no, and they have some of his artwork on display, and people oftentimes don't realize that it's John Wayne Gacy's <clears> artwork. <throat> because if you look into the attributes of serial killers, you oftentimes aren't looking into what they're hobbies were right yeah so john wayne gacy was a painter he did a lot of stuff in acrylic so yeah the museum of death in new orleans has quite a bit of his pieces there which wow. is so crazy but yeah he was an interesting character and i think that he and i think you said that the zodiac was a huge part for you too no yeah of course the zodiac is such a compelling so, piece for so i had a crush on this boy in high school and he, he was great at art. Like, like we had like a similar art class and he would like make all of these paintings of this, of this clown. And they'd be like, man, what the fuck? Like, what is he doing? Like, he, this is weird. Like he would like, he would paint this clown. He would like, he literally sculpted the, Pogo. Cl- the, cl- the clown. Like he like did everything. And I was like, dude, what, is, what is this? He was like. Oh, it's John Wayne Gacy. And I'm like, what the fuck? At the time, I feel like... I was like, what artist is that? Like, when we grew up in the Midwest, it's like, it's people don't necessarily talk about things like, in the interest of you're just on your own volition trying yeah. to figure out what but, what can the Google machine tell me today? Yeah, yeah what can they tell me today? But this kid, like, he was, like, legit about it. Like, he had books, he had all that shit, and he fucking made... An entire high school, high school. And I'm sure nobody understood him. For showcase that of like busts of different Gacy faces, and all this shit. So that's when I like started, you know, my interest in Gacy. And then from there on out, like you know, I moved forward. I learned about like, you know, everybody else. You know, like Bundy. Bundy is so overplayed, though. Yeah, now. he's like. 
I'm Ted Bundy. Ooh. I'm Ted Bundy. Everybody thinks I'm really hot. I just do. You guys want to see my unibrow? I'm I, I worked I, worked over for the few months. Am I broken ass too? Am I in my teeth so I can like get away from cops? No, but then I like you know like started like looking into like more serial killers. I was like, damn, okay. Like Ed Gein, like, Ed Gein was a huge one. I was like, "Damn, okay, Ed Gein," and then you know, I was like, "Okay," and so then I finally like I hit on, you know, the Zodiac, and I was like, "What the actual fuck?" The Zodiac like, is so compelling, though. Like he, he like he was, he's he's something, like for me, he's like something different, like just like. That sounds just so stupid. Like, oh my, he is so he's di- so different. He's different than the rest. But if you look into him but as no, like, a serial like, killer, holy he was, shit, he's compelling as fuck. Yeah, you look into him, no, you're like, what is this? Yeah, no one could match his finger, like his uh, handwriting. The ciphers, the ciphers. Oh my god, the ciphers. the ciphers. A fucking school teacher figured out one of his ciphers, and I was like, bitch, come on. But you know, that's like one person. But also like. It's just like, how could one person do all of this shit? It, ma- it makes you and get question. away with it. He got away he, with he it. He got away with it. It was like almost like the son of Sam killer. Yeah, the son of Sam killer got away with it for an entire summer. Whereas the, you know, the Zodiac never was caught, and that's a huge thing. He was nice. And you have things that came out like the most dangerous animal of all, which I would just want to point this out. I read, so I'm a huge reader. Mm-hmm. I love reading true crime books. Oh, yeah. I read The Most Dangerous Animal of All, and I firmly believed that The Most Dangerous Animal of All was going to be consistent with, you know, is this a Zodiac? Is this going to be the person that is yeah. actually the Zodiac? And then I watched the docuseries that FX put out. I was just disgusted. This man blatantly lies and tries to match things because he, I don't know if it was a thing with, and I don't want to sound cruel, but it was like he was adopted. He wanted to find some sort of identity. He believed his father was a Zodiac, but there wasn't enough compelling, odd, like compelling evidence to truly prove that yeah. his father was a Zodiac. And to me, that was like, it was a disappointing moment to me. I don't know how you felt about it, because I know you watch the same docuseries. But reading the book, it really draws you in. It believe, it makes you believe that he's the, he's, his father's yeah. a Zodiac killer. I mean, like, we, wa- we, like, watched it at different times. I think we're and about he, a week he, apart of watching yeah. it. But you read the book, and I've never read the book. But I think it's like a fucking, like... Just like a ploy, it's like he wanted fucking attention. I see. I don't beca- even know if that because was. he, was it, you know, he was adopted. Family? He was adopted, and he never knew his real parents. I mean, his father was a piece of shit. Don't forget. Yeah, his father. like you know, his parents were like piles of shit. But like you know, and that doesn't mean you can like fool people especially all over, notable. especially like a notable fucking like true crime. Right, and Author. that was the worst thing, too, about it was the fact that he fooled a true crime writer that is has her rapport. She knows what she's talking about, and then you destroy her, you know, destroy her opinion, her, like, her, her, her career over her, that, almost. Career, almost, yeah. It's like her, you're, you're, 
Oh, like you, you almost like it makes her not reputable anymore. Yeah, it makes her look like a fool because you told her like you know all this info and shit. I mean, if you watch the docu series, which I highly recommend watching the docu series, she's almost ashamed of it, and it's, no, it's she sad, is. and it's it's so sad. She but, was like at the very end, she was like, well, "Okay, well, when you guys cut the film, I'm gonna smoke go, a cigarette and go smoke and burn a these cigarette, books. go have a fart, but." It's going to be with these books. I mean, so. I don't know. Were there any other serial killers that you really got into? Um, I remember Ed Gein. Ed Gein was a huge one. I remember he's the inspiration for Leatherface and so many. And Hannibal oh, Lecter. Yeah, Hannibal. Yeah. Apparently Hannibal was a, uh, a Virgo. Much mm-hmm. like myself. I'm nothing. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not like Hannibal. Are you talking about my influences? I don't know. What? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I Sorry, like, there was a, a small break there. That's my dog. It's fine. It was when, a, he, when it was he's a, in a, my little, fo- my little adopted $8, do- $18 dog. $18 dogs, y'all. And she just has to get in the middle of all and Jill and I's business. Go, go to the poundy or you and get an $18 doggy. You can get a weird weenie like I did. Get a weird weenie. I don't know. For me, I think my biggest influx with it was being in high school. And I would, I, I read a lot. So my whole thing is, my goal for myself every single year is to read 100 books. And I read a lot of true crime. And, you know, being in high school, I read a lot about Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Oh. And he was a huge one for me. Um, and he was a huge one just because of how... He just is a very complex character. And then Gary yeah, Ridgway, he, the Green River Killer, oh my God. was probably the, the influx that, like, really, truly yeah. drug me into true crime. Because, you know, this man, he essentially starts his crimes roughly around the time that Bundy's in yeah. about to be captured. And the crimes that he commits are against prostitutes. And which, and that time constraint, and still to this day, which is very sad to yeah, me. No one, you don't view them as human beings. You yeah, view no them one's. As, oh, well, they no, were like, prostitute. That was their lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, this prostitute whore. Like, no, that is a sex worker. It was almost like they that is like a woman too. or a man who is like you know to survive or you know to make extra being. money. They're you know doing what they have to do. And it, that's not shameful at all. And no, and that's that, all I'm saying. That's, that's the worst thing about it is you look at crimes like, um, you look at crimes like the, um, the Green River killings and you look at the Samuel yeah. Little killings and you look at anything that has to do like the Gilgo Beach murders also had to do with prostitutes and a gated community and people weren't talking yep. about them and they still aren't solved. That's yeah. a huge thing, and it's because they're like, oh, they're but, prostitutes. I'm sorry. Yeah, because, because no one cares about quote-unquote prostitutes. To me, it's that just, enraged me. As a, as a human being, that enraged me. That made me so fucking mad. Because I'm like, how do, you, how do you tell a parent of someone that's been slain that they are... That their child is less than because they chose prostitution. Yeah. It's like, the, when like, you're maybe, five years old, do you want to tell someone that you're going to be a prostitute? You know, life choices and <clears throat> everything and pans it's, out. It's, and it, even it, if life choices it, don't pan out, sometimes shit just is awry. And that's how yeah, life and sometimes is. it's not even a fucking choice. And this, yeah, right. So, like, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I didn't fucking choose this. And, I'm here. 
I can't get out. And so... A super compelling piece for me with the Gary Ridgway, um, you know, Green River Killing murders was the fact that Gary Ridgway was originally interviewed in the beginning by the Green River Task Force, and they just brushed him under the rug. They didn't think anything of him. So he continued to kill for, like, I think it was close to 15 more years. Wait, where, where was In Washington. Um, so if you ever want a really compelling novel to read, it's written in the aspect of, um, the sheriff that led, originally led the task force for the Green River killings. Um, and it's called Chasing the Devil. That book is phenomenal and is probably one of the most compelling pieces I've ever read in terms of true crime. Um, I think that and Eileen Wernos was another one that I was highly, highly compelled to. Dude, she was like... She's an anomaly. She's the first woman to be executed as yeah. a serial killer in Florida. And, and the thing is, she fucked. marked on herself. She yeah, called she, in and she said, this, to- this man raped me. This man did this to me. He was taking advantage so of me. So I, you know. I, but, and the thing is, you have the you have the argument constantly of nature versus nurture when it comes to serial killers, correct? Mm-hmm. So was Eileen Wernos nature versus nurture? Was Ted Bundy so and so more? So that's the thing we're going to delve into this season is yeah. talking about Definitely. nature versus nurture. And then Ed Kemper would be another one. Definitely. Ed is going to be on here. We're going to talk about, um, another vantage point we're going to talk about is... I, w- I also want to speak more on the Zodiac Killer, just because, like, I didn't get my... my yeah, boy! My I know. Full, my full five hours of speaking about him. We'll do a full episode completely dedicated to this, but I want to yeah. touch on this, because this is what Jill's passionate about. That's... My largest passion is... That's, yeah. Is, you know, the Zodiac Killer, and it's not a passion, it's just something I know a lot about, because I've read books, I've, you know, seen documents, I've done all this, and this, and this, and this, but I think, um, next time, or even currently this time, when Meg gets back... Um, we may introduce ourselves some more. I didn't get to say that, like, my favorite... I hate to say favorite, because that's weird. But, like, my favorite serial killer is the Zodiac. Because, you know, he eluded police for years. And he sent them, like, these, like, fucked up messages... The ciphers were wild. The ciphers. He made it abundantly clear. Publish Meg's it back. or I kill someone and, and that's it. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to kill like a school bus it's, filled with children. Which I feel like it subtly nods to the Axeman killings <clears throat> in New Orleans. If you kind of noted that. Where the Axeman of New Orleans. So, which is also another unsolved crime. Which we're going to compare the two in a later episode. The Axeman killings in New Orleans. So, the Axeman wasn't successful with a ton of his crimes that he committed. However, he also alluded to the police and to the media. He sent in a thing to the newspaper that he wanted to be published, which is a... Honestly, I don't say it's beautiful, but the way the context and the speech of that time constraint was so eloquent, where he said, if you don't have jazz music on in your home on this day... That's it. You're basically setting yourself up for me to come and murder you. 
That's the layman's terms of it. That's just dummy it down to the most dumbed down attribute of it. But you have to wonder if maybe that influences Zodiac in some attribute, which, you know, we never know, but we always like to have that conversation. Yeah, it would be, like, fun being, being able to, you know, discuss, the like, the differences between the two and also, like, the, the similarities because it's a, it's a huge... That and, like, the green green river. And and the green river. Samuel Little's a huge one, and I think those two are basically, like, they're they're very comparative. Yeah, very. But it's similar. That's why we don't, we don't want to go with your run-of-the-mill serial killer talk. Yeah. We want to go in with things that really make you ponder if one was inspired by the other. Yeah. Truly. It's not just, like, we're giving you facts. It's, like... Like, there are questions, and we want you to question everything. It's not just like, oh, yeah, this dude killed this dude, so, like, that's, like, our podcast. And also, you can check us out on, like, Apple Music and, like, Amazon Prime and, like, maybe Netflix next year. We never want like, to come Like, it's off. not like that no, at all. We're, like, doing, like, fa- we're doing, like, some facts, but also, like, a shit ton of, like, speculation. Like, who the fuck killed who? We're looking into theories. We look into things like Reddit. We look into different attributes of, like, unsolved crimes and different things that we think that people need to have attention to, such as, like, why we're bringing up the Jeff Davis 8. So, Ethan Brown wrote a beautiful book called mm-hmm. Murder in the Bayou, which had a Showtime documentary series, which is something I'm very passionate about, because if you look in the subcontext of the entire book, which I highly recommend everybody reads, there. But if you don't read books, there could be PDFs online. And also um, docuseries. Yes, there's a docuseries, but also, if you ever want to read a book and you can't, um, just, like, Google it and be like, yo, this book dot PDF. I'm reading it. This book dot PDF, and then maybe you could read it, because that's what I've done for many years, because I didn't get a library card, because I'm silly. Or if you're weird like me, and you go on Amazon and try to get the bargain books, because... But also, know, I have, like... 50 cents for a book! But also, in my collection, I have, like, over, like, 400 books, so it's hard to do things. Anywho. I, I think it's super important for us to go over cases that aren't necessarily getting the media spotlight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's where the Jeff Davis State, that was like the most heartbreaking part of watching that documentary series was Ethan Brown saying, I thought when I wrote this book that, you know, there'd be media exposure and that people would be outraged by this. And nobody... They know. And he didn't get that. And yeah. that's so fucking awful. Because another thing that's super crazy to me about that case is you have eight prostitutes that are murdered that all know each other eight. and maybe saw something that the other one saw and they were connected. No one was able... So, most... You don't know because most sex workers, they don't... They're not, like, hanging out together. Like, they're not, like, hang, not fucking ha- hotel hang out in groups. But they all know, like, like the same spot to go... Etc. Etc. But then you have the context of why were the families not able to identify the bodies? Yeah, that's like that's like oh my god, they're too decomposed. You won't be able to recognize them. Oh, you can't you can't see. How can you tell your, a family your that child they do it? 
just no, makes sense. That's so illegal. That's, what, so that's, that's what we're going to be delving into this season with our first season of the podcast is talking yes. about the hard subjects that people do not want to hear. Do people really want to hear about, you know, Ted Bundy consistently? No, they don't. No. So that's why Jill and I are delving into cases that, you know, like the Chili Coffee murders, which still are unsolved. The less, the lesser known murders. So hopefully it shines a light and genuinely gets people to want it, want to find justice for their, their crimes. Yeah. And, you know, help people get to the point where they have some light shown on what's happening. And hopefully that happens. But, you know, Joe and I are going to keep talking about it. Yeah, and we're not going to stop until Courtney Love fucking stops us. Don't kill us, Courtney Love. <laughs> Fuck you, Courtney. And see you uh, on you and see you next week. Yeah, bye.